You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. And today we have a special guest that we don't get very often. We have my wife, Cassandra, who is very busy. And these uh, listeners that are loyal to us, you probably know that she makes an appearance once in a while. So we get to have her for today and maybe next week. Maybe. maybe. Actually, we're going to do, we're going to be interviewing a doctor um, and you're going to be part of that too. So Absolutely. So we're, we get Cassandra for a few episodes. I'm sure you listeners are happy to hear somebody different than just me. So anyhow, uh, today is episode 210 and our topic is infrared cameras and black mold. So, Cassandra, how are you doing? You haven't been on in a while. I am busy as always. Busy <laughs> as always. I am enjoying that it's warmer and it's the summertime, so that's always good. Yes, yeah, for, I, I, I guess I'm not sure exactly, but isn't Memorial Day, doesn't that, for most people, we just, that's the official start of summer? Isn't that kind of what we I say? I don't know, actually. I think maybe it's... Around June twenty second is the yeah. first official day. Of well, I don't like the official, but, but I it mean, it feels like, like summertime yeah. after Memorial For Day. Most yeah. of us, we just, I don't know. I guess that's what I remember as a kid. Memorial Day started summer, Labor Day ended it. Oh, okay, that would so, make sense. But anyhow, um, so. For our listeners, first, I will actually just define infrared camera. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with what they are, but it's a device that creates an image using infrared radiation similar to a normal camera that forms an image using visible light. Now, so Now, can anybody buy an infrared camera? Yes, anybody can. On Amazon and all that? Yes. Yep, you could buy them on Amazon. Um, I don't believe, I could be wrong here, I don't believe you could just go down to your local hardware store like Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever, Ace, 
I don't think that they sell those. Um, you know, I know when I bought mine years and years ago, even back then, the internet was still around. It wasn't that long ago, I guess. But I bought it online. And so, yes, anybody can buy one. And would you suggest that people have an infrared camera at home? Um, yeah, if they can afford Well, I shouldn't say if they can afford it. It would never be a bad idea, but they're quite expensive. The The camera that I use, which in my opinion, of course, as you very well know, I'm all about tools and toys and because they kind of are the same to me. Um, mine's on a lower end, and I think I paid about 6000 for my camera. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of fire departments use it. Obviously, you know, when people think of infrared, you, you might think of military um, it's not night vision. It's it's all temperatures, but fire fire departments typically all of them have those. And the reason that they have those is when they put a fire out. Let's say it's in an attic, they can use that camera to determine if there's any hot spots left. Okay. So um, the cameras they use they're like the size of a laptop, and they're like twenty thirty thousand dollars. They're expensive. Wow. See, when I think of infrared, I think of the movie Predator. Where those those alien like creatures they could heat map see that's yeah. how they found people through okay. the seeing their body temperature. Yeah, I I I'm not a big movie person, so I don't think I've ever seen Predator. Yeah, we but, should watch it. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's an infrared camera is uh, to go back to your question. It would be very helpful. You know, when we do VPAs, you know, some places rent them and. It's in my paperwork for our clients for VPA that if they can rent one or get their hands on an infrared camera, it's very helpful. And, you know, for for an inspector, uh, you know, when I did home inspections, I had my infrared camera, but the home inspection didn't include those services. It was an add-on. Whereas when we do mold inspections, that's a really important part of our inspection or an important tool to have for our inspection and it's because you we can see things that we normally wouldn't be able to see like what kinds of things would you see in a mold inspection using an infrared camera so the camera to, to kind of just backtrack just a little bit you know when we do our inspections and every inspector is going to be different the way they their routines like i you know when we have clients and of course we want our clients to be present when we do an inspection but i'm really big on if let's just say I'm doing a mold inspection and I say, Hey, Cassandra, you know, I go over all of our stuff. I answer whatever questions you may have. And I, cl I'm clear with you. And I say, if you can just leave me alone, let me do my thing. Cause I have my routine and the reason behind that is so I don't get distracted, but part of my routine, and I don't know if all the other inspectors do it. Uh, but part of my routine is I start with the exterior. And the reason behind that is, you know, that's where the moisture is going to come in from. And, just a quick recap for our listeners. Hopefully you know, but I should probably remind everybody. Viable mold growth needs three main components. The mold itself, which you can't really get rid of. It needs a food source, so that's organic or cellulose materials. And then it needs um, the humidity to be over 60%. And I kind of hesitate a little bit there because different mold types thrive under different conditions. But for the most part, it has to be 60% humidity or higher. Well, that water's got to come in typically from the exterior. Obviously, you can have kids that overflow a tub or a water pipe break, 
but the exterior is very important. So that's why I do that first. And so when I'm doing the exterior, I'm, I'm, I need to be a little quicker with the way I'm explaining this. When we go in with an infrared camera, we're not looking throughout the entire home with an infrared camera. Because as you can imagine, that would take a long time. And so what I do on the exterior is that let's say we, we find some missing shingles on a, on a section of roof over the master bedroom. When I go inside and I go up into the attic, I'm very, very focused on that area. Of course, we're inspecting the entire attic area, but I'm really focused on that area because I'm like, hey, you know, we had missing shingles up there. And so anyhow, I guess my whole point is, is it gives us an idea as to where the problematic areas are. And so with that camera, we, we do always look, you know, on the exterior walls and whatnot, but that's what we're looking for. And I probably didn't even answer your question. So really the infrared camera shows you where there could be moisture issues. Correct. So an infrared camera, and I want to be clear with our listeners, it doesn't find mold. Okay. We don't have any, we don't have a piece of equipment that technically just finds mold, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, when I, when I used to do a lot of radon testing, my clients would ask me, so do you use a Geiger counter? And for our listeners, what a Geiger counter is, is it's just a device that detects radiation and it gives you an immediate reading, um, kind of like a moisture meter would. We don't do that for radon. It's a machine that actually has to run and takes readings, you know, over 48 hours. For mold, we don't have anything that just detects it. We don't have, it would be awesome. I couldn't only imagine what the price would be if I had something I could walk around and it just, you know, like a gas detector led me to the mold. That's not. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of that though, there are mold dogs out there. Yeah. Um, we've talked about that or I have, I don't remember. We've kind of transitioned to the, we don't get you as a guest every week, mm-hmm. but, but I have talked to our listeners about mold dogs mm-hmm. And those are something that actually, like a bomb sniffing dog, they can go right up and sniff out the mold. So going back to what you're addressing with the camera, we're looking at what it's telling us is temperatures. And so if there's moisture intrusion, it's going to be a cooler temperature versus the normal temperature. Now, what's the, what's the, what's the correlation between temperature and humidity? Well, if you have, uh, there really isn't actually, um, that's a good question because you have me thinking and there really isn't, it would, the, the correlation would be water and humidity. Okay. Okay. Temperature. Now, of course it's a factor. So let's say you have a moisture intrusion event, and we'll we'll go to the same scenario I talked about. We have missing shingles, uh, a big windstorm came through, blew some shingles off, blew some of the underlayment off. So below shingles, you have a a underlayment. And if, if that's voided, then obviously the water can get into the attic. Well, what would happen is the moisture comes in. If there's, if the temperatures are higher, that water's gonna evaporate quickly. If the temperatures are obviously cooler, that water is going to stick around longer, which will elevate the humidity, which will cause mold. Does that make sense? Yeah. So having it warmer and properly ventilated would reduce the risk of mold. So when you're looking with an infrared camera, is what you're seeing the presence of just moisture? Is that what you're seeing on the screen? Yeah. So what we're seeing on on our screen is temperatures. It's not moisture. It's, not moisture. it's temperatures. Yes. So then... 
when what are the some of the warning signs when you're looking at an infrared camera so we would look so on my camera it's a FLIR camera that's the brand it has a little screen on it and we walk around and you know check corners and whatnot but what i always do with my clients is uh, the way i always show them how that camera works is i literally put my hand up against the wall for just 10 seconds and i pull my hand away and then when i look at it with the camera you can see my hand print from the heat from the heat exactly and so if you just think of the opposite the cooler it would be so for my camera like reds are warmer so kind of orange to red is a warmer temperature Whereas when you get down into like the blues and a turquoise, those those colors indicate lower temperatures. And the camera actually, it actually shows me the temperatures. And ironically, I don't really pay attention to that because I don't really care what the temperature is. But what it looks like in the screen, so if I'm holding it, you know, we're in this room we're in, if I was to look at the ceiling, it would be, it would show a blue line right where the walls meet the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And that's just because it's an attic above that. And when you're looking at it with the camera, as you scan across the wall, it should be pretty standard for the most part, unless there's electrical lines, you shouldn't see any color changes, if that makes sense. Okay. So going back to the handprint on the wall, it changed because it was hotter. Mm-hmm. If I was looking at this light switch with my camera, infrared camera, it would be it would be hotter, more of a red because of the electricity. Correct. If if the lights up there, it's obviously going to show that. And so what we're for the most part looking for, there's it, it gets quite complex. But we're scanning the wall, and if we're scanning this wall, and all of a sudden in one spot we see this abnormality and it's a it's a change symmetrically all of a sudden like i'll talk back against the top of the wall for the most part it's consistent and then all of a sudden we see like a a half of a circle or a weird shape that's darker that tells me like there's something going on up there does that make sense and so for our listeners going back to the scenario we were using in the, the 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 area above the master bedroom if there was a water leak we should be able to detect it up in the the attic because we would see the water stains, you know, underneath the roof. And then if it was enough water, it would come down and come down through the insulation that's above that master bedroom. If I was looking at that ceiling with my camera, I'd be going along and everything's pretty consistent. Then all of a sudden I see this shape and they're very, they're not very well defined, if that makes sense. It's not like a square. It can be all like a blob. I see that and I go, oh yeah. So so I look at that and I go, okay, and that brings us back to the routines we have as inspectors. I go, wow, okay. Well, first and foremost, I know to pay attention in that ceiling area. I knew to, I had to pay attention in that attic area. Well, if we're seeing that that and it's a temperature difference, that would tell us a couple things. First of all, there's an active leak going on. Okay. Because the temperature wouldn't change if, let's say, the shingles blew off, um, a little bit of water came in, and then it dried out. Okay. So it would still be all the same temperature. Yep. Okay. Does that make sense? So it's telling you a more serious thing is still going on. And it's, it's active. It's active. Yep. So if somebody's listening to this and they have um, hired somebody to do a mold inspection on their house, and that mold inspector didn't use an infrared camera is that a reason for that person to now need a second opinion or or do you think 
somebody without an infrared camera who's investigating mold can still come to the same conclusions. So I use, you know, this, I use medical analogies a lot. It would be like going into a doctor and he knows you have a torn rotator cuff in your shoulder. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't need an MRI. He could just tell Yeah. from whatever he does. I'm not a doctor or orthopedic, so I'm not sure, but he could tell for sure. So to answer your question, can they, the, can a different inspector without a camera see or detect a mold problem? Absolutely. But without the camera, you really, and and I'm careful the way I want to word this because I don't want to demean any other inspectors, but based on their experience and their knowledge, an infrared camera could could change a lot of things, if that makes sense. And and I, I want to say it in a professional way, but I think a more experienced and a, a really good inspector could find a lot of things without the camera mm-hmm. versus a newer person that might be very helpful for them. Okay. So I kind of didn't really answer your question, but but to, to I think you're, what you're getting at is, is it important for your mold inspector to have an infrared camera? Absolutely. Okay. And if they don't, I would question their their experience, honestly. Okay. Like if if you're gonna pay a, a I'm a, I'm not even sure what kind of analogy to use, but if if you're gonna go to a doctor and you go in there and it's a one one person show, the doctor's the secretary. You go into the office, they don't have a whole like the the exam table looks like it's thirty years old. Like you're gonna look at that and go, am I in the right? doctor's office if that makes sense yeah and when i used to say it about a home inspector you know if your home inspector shows up in a little compact car and doesn't have a ladder and doesn't have moisture detectors and all this equipment i would question what they're capable of of reporting and discovering absolutely so going back to what you just said it's very important for a mold inspector home inspector not as much a mold inspector in my opinion Every mold inspector should have an infrared camera. And do you recommend that people, when they call to bring somebody to inspect for mold, that they ask them up front, do you use an infrared camera in your mold inspection? Yes. Yeah. And we've done podcasts um, and I've probably done social media posts, but one of the questions you should ask your potential inspector you know, there's a whole slew of, of questions, but one of the important ones is what type of equipment do you utilize? Oh, okay. A mold inspector should have, they don't have to have an infrared camera, but they must have things like a humidity gauge, a moisture meter, high quality flashlight, bore scope. Like those are like must haves. And then the infrared camera is kind of a, once again, for mold, to me, it's a must-have, but I understand that, let's say you're new to the business, and you can't afford, you can't afford a $6,000 exactly. camera. I get that part. Yeah. But you should have, and it's no different than when people have differing opinions, you should just have a backup plan as to, you know, a way to explain to your clients, yeah, I don't have an infrared camera like Steve does, but I use a bore scope, or I do this, or I do that. Yeah. So... My point is with our listeners, the infrared camera is not going to just detect mold. Just because your inspector has one doesn't mean if he finds no mold, you have no mold. It's just a great tool to have for us as inspectors. That makes a lot of sense. So what, what do people do 
if they have somebody inspect with infrared camera and there are some spots of concern found on the camera. So what has to happen there is, is to me, it's a red flag that we have to further evaluate that area. So if we're looking at something, and once again, the infrared camera is not just for mold. It's not even really for mold. It's just part of that process. It can tell us if there's missing insulation in a wall mm. or missing insulation in an attic. And the whole point of the infrared camera I, I guess I didn't say this earlier. It's, this is why I like having you on the podcast because you think of things I don't. But the infrared camera, the, the purpose, in my opinion, is we can see things behind walls that we normally couldn't see with the naked eye. And so if we do pick something up, we can say, hey, should we cut an inspection hole here? We can cut a hole and put a borescope up there. And for our listeners that don't know what a borescope is, it's literally a camera that's on the end of a, like, you know, the snakes that you clean out your, your drain lines with. Mm-hmm. It's similar to that where I can literally drill a hole and I put this device in there and I can see. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. And I have a screen that I'm looking at and I can sit here and look around and go, oh, yeah, there's mold right there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's what happens with when we detect things. It's not always a mold issue per se, um, but it could just tell us like there's a section of insulation missing. Maybe there's a little piece of siding that's missing. Does that make sense? So really you're, 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 the infrared camera helps you do the CSI investigation yes. to figure out what things are contributing yep. to what is could be a mold exactly. situation. Yep, and that's in my opinion one of the most important things. Anytime we talk about mold mitigation, the first thing we always address is what caused it, because mold's naturally present. Mold infestations are not. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. So, what's your call to action for people? So, you know, it, it seems simple. But a lot of times it's not for a lot of our listeners that you just, you need to have an inspection done. And a lot of times they're, you know, they're like, well, I don't know. We have these guys in town or gals or companies and they're, they're pretty much just home inspectors. They're not really specialists in mold, which is not a bad thing. But my point is, is get your home inspected, even if it's only a home inspection. Now, of course, I'm a bit biased because I'm a mold specialist you need to have a mold inspection. And if you can't, you know, that's why we started offering VPAs. So for our listeners, I, I've done several episodes on what a VPA is, what it entails, um, why you need one. The VPA is a great tool that we have in our tool belt for, let's say, a client that lives in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And they listen to us, or New York, or I, I have clients across the world. They can have a VPA done, which... Obviously, I always recommend an on-site inspection, but if our listeners don't trust the people in in their local areas, what you know, the VPA is the next best thing. Absolutely, and you can learn more about the VPAs on cnccontractorservices.com. For the price you pay, you get a ton of value. Yes, yep, and they're, you know, like I said, they're the next best thing. You don't need all the tools that we have, but there are, is a list of tools that that we tell you you should have. And a lot of them are not expensive. A lot of the tools people have and you can rent them or whatnot. So, so yeah, and I'll put um, in the description of this podcast, I'll put the link for the VPAs. So, okay. So to sum it up, people don't need to buy infrared cameras to have in their homes, but they want to make sure that their mold expert is using an infrared camera. If, if your mold expert 
doesn't have an infrared camera is not well trained or versed in what they're used for, I would question. And I we all have to start somewhere. Yep. I get that part. But if they're not familiar with that stuff, I would question their expertise and what they could do for our listener or for the client that's having the inspection done. There you go. You heard it from the expert himself. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Once again, this is episode 210. Thank you for being with us. We're going to get you probably for a few more episodes. So I'm sure our listeners are happy to hear from someone else besides just me. Awesome. Glad to be here. All right. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.